I went into my dressing room and there was some random Jedi stuff, not, not stuff that I'd worn in the other films, but just based on or some Jedi type clothing. And I put it on and it just felt very, it felt very, it felt great. It felt important and it felt uh, special. And um, I was happy, but it wasn't really till I walked out onto the stage and I sort of looked up and I, I was aware suddenly of the crew, you know, looking at me coming in in, in Obi-Wan's costume. And um, I could feel, I could feel the, like the little, that sort of excitement running through. It was exciting, it was cool. Morgan and uh, Devin Kogan in the house as well. Ladies, how goes it? Pretty good. I guess we could say hello there. Oh, <laughs> oh, but I'm- you got to it first. You got to it first. <laughs> he set it up. What can, what can I say? <laughs> that is true. That is true. Some big news here. Drum roll, everyone, because we are actually starting up a Star Wars podcast. That this, I guess, will sort of be the first episode of, let me explain what we're going to do here. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, we know the new series starts May 25th on Disney+. Plus. That is the, what, 45th anniversary of when Star Wars A New Hope, which was at the time was just quaintly called Star Wars, opened in theaters. And so we are going to start up a new podcast in May. The first official episode will be on May 12th. This is where Devin comes in. She titled our podcast. We tried so hard. We came up. Newsflash, people. There are a lot of Star Wars podcasts out there. A lot of them. <laughs> and so Laura, Devin, and I were trying. We come up with all these great ideas. Then we'd be like, oh, no, that's taken. And what was so frustrating, I don't know about you guys, but like half of the ones I thought of would be so cool. I, like It was taken by someone that did like one episode like four years ago. Ugh, I know we had the most fun just coming up with so many puns and so many like obscure Star Wars quotes that were just like, wouldn't it be weird if we named a podcast, you know, <laughs> XYZ? We had fun nerding out and trying to come up with, you know, something, something, a real deep cut. <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to call it Yubnub. That's what I really wanted to call it. But of course, <laughs> that was taken. Uh, everything was taken. But, but Devin came up with the winner. Uh, the EW Star Wars podcast will be Dagobah Dispatch, and it is available right now. You can go subscribe, and because we took over some old EW Star Wars podcast feeds, so we've stolen that feed, and we're in there now. You can find us. It'll say there are all these old episodes in there. That's actually an older podcast, which you should go listen to. And then starting in May, we're going to be back with full new episodes, and then every week, we're going to have a Star Wars download for you. We'll be talking about the new show. We'll be looking back at the old movies. We'll be talking about our favorite toys. We'll be getting into some of the expanded universe books. We're going to go deep. It's going to be an absolute blast. And it'll be Devin, Lauren, myself. We're going to grab in Darren and some other EW people from time to time as well. Uh, so it should be awesome. We have uh, released our big cover story on Obi-Wan Kenobi. It is actually the EWs, after 32 years, our last print cover story ever. We are moving into an all digital brand, but uh, this will be our final print magazine. So it is a collector's item for uh, more reasons than one. Uh, one, it's an awesome looking Obi-Wan Kenobi Star Wars cover, but also it will be EW's last print cover. So 
you know, I, go find a newsstand if they still have those out there somewhere uh, to go pick it up and maybe buy a few copies and, and check it out. But the story came out today. We've had a flurry of Obi-Wan Kenobi material over the past 48 hours. Uh, we put out our cover image. We put out a bunch of images from the show, the first images ever of the show. Then the trailer dropped yesterday. And then uh, EW dropped the very first photo of Darth Vader in Obi-Wan Kenobi today. And then um, my uh, cover story as well. So we got a lot to get to. Um, Devin... Lauren, I've been like underwater the past few weeks with work. I mean, not only this Obi-Wan stuff, but a little show I cover called Survivor started up again yesterday. So it's been it's been a minute. I have not spoken to you all since the trailer came out. So why don't we just start right there? Uh, Devin, give me your thoughts when you uh, heard Duel of the Fates queued up and, uh, and saw your first footage from the show. Oh man, I mean you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, I I've been excited for the show for a while, but but hearing John Williams score and specifically Duel of the Fates, I was like, "Oh man, it's really happening." You know, I think this is one of those those projects that, you know, for years people have been talking about, wouldn't it be amazing if we got an Obi-Wan movie or an Obi-Wan series? And and you touch on this in your awesome cover story about the long journey that the show has been on. And and to sort of finally see it come to life is kind of really emotional and kind of moving. You know, I'm everybody has different feelings on the prequels. There are some things I really love about them. There's some things I really don't. But for me, the the core of the prequels has always been, you know, Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi and his his friendship with Anakin. And so to see Ewan return to that role is really, it's kind of exciting. It makes me feel like a kid again, you know? So I, I, I watching that trailer really brought me a lot of joy. Lauren, how about you? Well, I think I've now watched the trailer like 14 times and five times was just within the 10 minutes it was released. So I was just like, <laughs> I just keep replaying it. And so it's just so exciting to see him come back as Obi-Wan because I know this is just something that the fans have been dying for for years. And he's, you know, he's at the, the perfect age for it. And I mean, it was just kind of amazing and just seeing little boy Luke and then the Grand Inquisitor, like to see him in live action and just like all of this other stuff. And actually to also see like we see that we seem to be getting off Tatooine, which I know a lot of Star Wars fans have also been, you know, kind of uh, wanting uh, lately. Uh, so, you know, I just was really excited to see the whole thing. And, and also, you know, I know I talked to so many people who were like, and their first request, like their first reaction was Duel of the Fates. And I was like, and I know some people who went and uh, watched Phantom Menace last night just so they could see it. And I, I specifically went and watched the lightsaber battle in that because, you know, the trailer got me in the mood for it. The Phantom Menace lightsaber battle, by the way, best lightsaber yeah. battle in Star Wars uh, history. It's so great. And Duel of the Fates, like, might be the best song in Star Wars. I mean, I Imperial March, Star Wars theme. Okay, but Duel of the Fates, like, I'm with you guys, like, you know, who knows how the show is going to be and, and we'll mm -hmm. be breaking it down once it starts. But like the hairs on my arm, like standing up, the, the music and the Grand Inquisitor, which, uh, you know, Lauren, I want to hear from you on this because you definitely are, are, are go deeper with the, the Star Wars animated offerings. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is a character that first showed up in Star Wars Rebels that now we're seeing here. And I knew he was coming from doing my reporting on the cover story, which, again, shameless plug, is out now. Please go read it. It's over 4,000 words and uh, about this 17-year this journey getting this to the screen. So I knew he was going to be in the show. I didn't realize he'd be seemingly that prominent in the show. I thought, like, and, and maybe he won't be. I thought it was going to be like he's going to dispatch Reva, who we can talk about in a minute. But he's all over that trailer, and I thought he looked and sounded super cool. 
I was pretty excited to see him because, you know, I mean, I'm a huge Star Wars Rebels fan and, you know, I, I like to proselytize about it because I really do think it's just like kind of an extraordinary piece of Star Wars stuff. So if you've watched Star Wars Rebels, you've seen it before. But if you haven't and you're more of a casual movie fan, you know, the Grand Inquisitor is kind of like, you know, it, it, and especially for this period between, you know, uh, what happened in the prequels and what happens in New Hope. Like there's this whole sort of time when the Jedi are being hunted and Darth Vader has really charged the Grand Inquisitors and the other Inquisitors to track down the Jedi. So it was really interesting to just see him, you know, in the trailer so prominently. And I was pretty excited about that. So and I I did miss I did. I know it's not Jason Isaacs who did it in the series, but, you know, I'm pretty excited to see this going forward and also to see the new character of Reva and, you know, and also her facing off with Uncle Owen. That was pretty exciting, too. Yeah, I will say the one thing, and you guys, I'm sure, you know, Devin may have come across this as well. Sometimes you do all this reporting and it sort of like crosses when something else is released. So like, you know, you know, I think anyone that's a Star Wars fan knows how secretive the powers that be can be pretty much on any big franchise, whether it's Marvel or you know, uh, Star Wars or Walking Dead or Game of Thrones, you know, they want to keep things close to the vest. So sometimes when we do these interviews, they'll tell us certain things, but they'll be coy on other things. So of course I did my interview with them and I'm like, so are we going to see Luke Skywalker? And they're like, nah, you know, I don't know. We'll see. And they kind of hinted that we would, but they wouldn't tell me outright. And then, I mean, he's right there in the first 10 seconds of the trailer. You know, I know, it's not, not really a secret. <laughs> Just kind of like, here he is. I know it's like here's the moisture farm in in you know, all its glory, <laughs> looking exactly like it did in 1977, and you're like, oh well, there there you go. But yeah, what can you do? I still feel like he won't. Luke will not play a big part in the series. You know, I think like you know, it could be as it could literally be that like he's just like occasionally search you know, looks at him from afar and talks to his like fancy uh, binoculars, uh, and then you know he's not really part of the story. Um, we do know that Moses Ingram's Reva, who is sort of the Inquisitor that we're going to see the most of, is a big part of the story. I've got lots more coming with her from my interview with her. I think she looks great. I really love her take on the character. I really love what everyone else told me about the character, that she's uh, ruthless, she's ambitious. And I love also what she told me, just a, a sort of side note about how they spent a lot of time, and this is in the story, talking about how they wanted her hair to be. That was really important to Moses that when people are dressing up as her for Halloween and, you know, uh, when black children want to dress up as her, like, you know, she said when they go as Elsa, they got to put on a blonde wig. I want something that they can do with their hair themselves. I thought that was pretty cool. That is such a cool detail. And I, yeah, I loved reading your story because there were so many fun, like little details in there that really, really spoke to me. Like, like hearing, you know, you, you sort of recount, you know, getting on, on Zoom with, with Hayden Christensen and, and you and McGregor, I thought was just so, so I don't know, it just made me kind of emotional just to hear them sort of like talk about, you know, how they were basically, they were both kind of kids when the, when the, the first films came out and, you know, how they, how they really changed their life. And, you know, to sort of hear them come back to that world, you know, with, with sort of, you know, decades of experience is, is, is really, it was it was just really interesting to hear them speak about um, their their experiences and, and how they've sort of grown as actors and as people. I thought also like the crazy thing that you mentioned in the in the story where it was like Hayden was doing like high school plays the year before, and I was like, oh my god, he was so young, and he just didn't. I don't think it's like you realized it at the time, like how big this was for him to go from that 
to Star Wars. And I'm really excited to see what he does in this series. And it's kind of just nice to see him coming back into the Star Wars fold along with Ewan. I'm excited to see him too. And you know, the thing about like Hayden is I feel like he got a little bit of a, a bad rap in terms of like, you know, let me put it this way. I think every actor, and this is coming from all three of us are massive Star Wars fans. I think every actor in a weird way in the Star Wars, like did their worst work under George Lucas on just an acting perspective. I mean, you, you know, like you look at like Natalie Portman, who's like an incredibly accomplished actress, some of the people and like, it's a little flat because George Lucas did not care about the acting at all. Like he's, he's come out and said this, other people have said this. And like, I go back and I look at like Hayden, who is really good in Shattered Glass. I don't know if you guys saw Oh, he's fantastic in that movie. I love him. Super great. Yeah. He's so good in that. And there are scenes in that. Like I went back and I watched the scene in Attack of the Clones after he slaughtered the, uh, the Tusken Raiders and he's sort of, you know, talking to Padme and like, he's great in that scene. Like there are times where he really flashes. And then there's other times for all the cast, I feel, in some of those prequels and in some of the original movies where clearly Lucas like gave him one take and was like more worried about other like special effects or green screens or whatever and like didn't really you know talk through the process with them. A lot of the, uh, you know, in the original trilogy, it really is just like the fact that like, you know, I mean, it's hard to sort of tamp down on, you know, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and their their natural charisma. So I feel like they were able to sort of punch through it in a way that, you know, especially if, I mean, although Carrie Fisher was like pretty young herself, but. Well, re- remember, remember the Carrie Fisher scene where she literally starts speaking with an English accent? For oh, no yeah. Reason? Like, how, <laughs> yeah. Would, how did no one put a stop to that? She's next to Peter Cushing and all of a sudden <laughs> yeah, she like, like totally changes her accent. I mean, part of the reason Empire Strikes Back is so good is because Carrie Fisher herself did some rewrites on the dialogue and, and helped punch up some of that stuff. So, uh, you know, she left her mark on the trilogy in many ways. Without a doubt. So here's one thing I'm curious your your take on. Uh, in the story, of course, I asked them, look, this is now part of the Star Wars TV universe, which is obviously connected to the film universe. Obviously, we've seen a lot of crossover in these shows already. And if you look at the timeline, Ahsoka's out there. We know that Hayden Christensen's going to be in the Ahsoka series. We know that a younger Boba Fett is out there and they've both appeared already in live action shows. So we're going to see them or not. The answer they gave me, they, they would not say yes or no, of course. But the one thing they did say is that they said they kind of hinted no. Uh, they, or they at least said, listen, this is much more closely. This series is more closely tied to the prequels. That's the DNA we're taking. Meaning if you see people popping up, it might be people from the prequels. Although I guess you could say Boba Fett was in the prequels, but not sort of other characters in the um, other universe. I don't know if I completely buy it, but I don't know. What'd you make of that, Lauren? Uh, I'm curious if like, I mean, there are some clone troopers around and I know it's going to be basically Tim Morrison again because they're the same, you know, they play the same character. So I am curious because I know that there's some uh, random clone troopers like Captain Rex and like Gregor and Wolf, and they're all kind of still alive in the like you know they're around in this period. So I was curious. I am curious about the Ahsoka thing because it's like at this point the Jedi that they're chasing. It's like there's Obi Wan, there's Yoda, there's Kanan Jarrus from Star Wars Rebels, and I think like Cal Kestis from Fallen Order and her. So I am kind of curious of like are we going to see that or perhaps some force ghosts of other Jedis that we know or have been out there before. So that's, I'm kind of curious about that. Uh, it's in itself. I'm also curious if they're going to, since Grogu was also alive at this, I'm 
I'm curious if they're going to, you know, hey, here's a little cameo by Grogu, and then that's it. Place your bets, Devin. How many of these folks do you think we're going to see? You know, I don't know. And and I think there's also, we've already got, um, there are so many other cast members who've been announced for the show that we don't even know who they're playing yet. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani is one of them, you know, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Um, so I'm really curious as to how some of those names fit into this world. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is Star Wars. Everything is connected. I would not be surprised if we saw some familiar faces popping up. Um, but, you know, I, I I really loved the book of Boba Fett, but, but you know, there were so many, you know, sort of callbacks and tie-ins and, and you know, sort of different characters popping up here and there that, you know, to me in that story, I, I feel like the, the story of Boba Fett got a little bit lost um, in that. So I hope that for this one, you know, I, I hope that any, you know, I, I'm sure there's going to be some sort of awesome cameo or awesome, you know, tie-in, but I hope that ultimately this story sort of, you know, the again, the, the emotional core of this story is sort of, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan. And so I hope that that, you know, sort of, it's only six episodes. Uh, so I, I hope that the story sort of lets that, that storyline sort of breathe and really, really goes deep on it. Because I feel like that's what a lot of fans have been wanting and sort of like, you know, hungering for is that sort of really deep, thoughtful um, storytelling. It'll be interesting to see if the show is really successful, if they really do keep it as that one season, six episodes. I mean, how many times, Devin, have we seen shows that they say it's a limited series, then all of a sudden they're like, okay, we are going to do season two. You know, I asked everyone and they said, no, it's just one season. Of course, Kathleen Kennedy being the president of the studio, she did leave it open for more. Uh, And we'll see uh, if they do that. Devin, anything you want to say before we wrap up here? Just go read Dalton's story. It's a really thoughtful deep dive and it made me, you know, really, really excited for the show. And, and I'm, I, I can't wait to, to see what um, they're going to give us in May. Lauren, what do you got? Same thing about this cover story, but since I'm a photo, I'd ever say go take a look at our photos because they're pretty cool. And if you, you haven't, you know, you're, you're dying to see some uh, Obi-Wan and some uh, Darth Vader, you know, we've got them on our site. So take a look at them. Yeah, I'll also just say, so we've got the big cover story came out today. I, I hope you do read it if you're a Star Wars fan. Uh, and then those uh, images we have, the Darth Vader image, and then the other images we have in our gallery um, has some different information in there, some different quotes from Hayden Christensen and other people. So you are getting more information, not just the images, if you check that out. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us and listening. We'll do this again. Please go subscribe to the Dagobah Dispatch podcast now, wherever you get your podcasts. And you'll get to hear part of my interview with you and McGregor. And then we'll all keep our fingers crossed and get psyched for more news and footage uh, from the show. I'll have plenty more in my rollout starting uh, next week. You guys uh, follow me on Twitter. Follow Devin on Twitter. Follow Lauren on Twitter. Follow everyone on Twitter uh, to get all the Obi-Wan news. Devin, Lauren, I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. See you later. What was it like after over 15 years, uh, the first time you put the costume back on, uh, picked up the lightsaber again? What was that feeling like? Yeah, it was very special. It was very um, odd. It's odd to come back to something so so after such a long period of time. We made the last film in 2003, and um, I guess it was early last year. I went down to do some casting, and and, and they wanted to do screen tests with some young actors. And so I went down there. We were on the, Mandal- on the Mandalorian set, I think. It was a weekend and they were not shooting. So we'd used a, a bit of their set. And um, it was their, I think, mainly the Mandalorian crew. But I walked out, you know, I went into my dressing room and there was some random Jedi stuff. Not, not stuff that I'd worn in the other films, but just based on or 
some Jedi type clothing and I put it on and it just felt very, it felt very, it felt great. It felt important and it felt uh, special and um, I was happy, but it wasn't really till I walked out onto the stage and, um, you know, someone said, okay, ready. And I've got my line, you know, I'm, I, obviously I've got my role, but the other, the young actors I'm reading with maybe don't have their role. So I'm, I've got my page. I'm just making sure I know my lines because I don't want to screw up my lines for their screen test, their camera test. And I was walking out and I sort of looked up and I, I was aware suddenly of the crew, you know, who are the Mandalorian crew, but looking at me coming in in, in Obi-Wan's costume and um, I could feel, I could feel the, like the little, that sort of excitement running through. It was exciting. It was cool. Speaking of, of exciting, what was it like when you first saw Hayden back in the Darth Vader suit? Tell me about that. Yeah. Well, it was sort of spine tingling. It was um, it was amazing to 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 see Hayden back in the role of Anakin. But it was just amazing to see Hayden. Full stop. I mean, I am um, I'm so close with him. We've stayed in touch over the years, but we haven't seen each other for a long time. And as it got closer and closer to the shoot, and um, once Hayden was on board, he was in LA and we met, we, it was during the lockdown and we met in Santa Monica in a park and we both walked along with our masks on outdoors and we had this long catch up. It was so lovely. Like it had just been years since we actually saw each other, not for any reason other than just, you know, just locations. And I was here and he was in Canada. And, um, but I love him so much. And we have this very special bond of, of, and making two of the, those first three films together. And um, yeah, it was an important part. It was in, so important for both of us, for our careers and for who we are. And um, so we had just so much to catch up on, life stuff and um, where we're at. And, and it was so lovely to see him again. And then to be on set with him again was, it was, it was just odd. It was oddly, it was like time hadn't happened or something. I really, I, I looked across at him and there's cam, you know, there's we're on a set, and I look over at him. He's Anakin now. I'm Obi Wan now, and it's like nothing had happened. Like I didn't see any age on his face. I didn't. I just felt like, yeah, we we just like the the period of time between Episode Three and now just hadn't didn't exist or something. It was so peculiar. Mm-hmm. 